Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, week three, day five. My name is Brianna. I am your host and your author of Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. And we have definitely been digging in and uncovering all of these crazy, wonderful, amazing, mysterious things that we have in Christ Jesus that many believers sadly are unaware of today. So we're going to go before the throne of grace right away, and we're going to ask God's blessing and his leading as we talk about some pretty crazy stuff today when Paul goes to Ephesus. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, you are glorious and mighty and holy and powerful. We worship you. Lord God, you are above all, and Lord, we are in your son, Jesus Christ, because you gave Christ, and Lord, he died and rose again. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to understand this powerful truth. Open our eyes to see Jesus. God, I'm asking for a special anointing today on this podcast and a special anointing on those listening that you would give them ears to hear and hearts to understand and that your spirit will reveal to them truths in Jesus' name. And Lord, I bind the enemy and his lies and his work that would come against anyone listening to this podcast in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will do your great work and that you will throw him down and remove him, Lord, from any situation where he would be lying to a person or distracting them or keeping them from understanding, Lord, the complete truth that you want to give today. Lord, especially a spirit of Antichrist, which comes against Christ and mocks Christ and um, di- distracts people and confuses people about who Jesus is. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus is above this and that we are seated in Christ in heavenly realms, far above this power of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we are going to jump right in. So we're reading the book of Ephesians, and we're learning amazing things about who we are in Christ, about being redeemed by grace through faith, and that it's not of ourselves, and that we've been predestined, and that we've been um, re- we've been raised up with Christ, and all of this amazing stuff, and that we're now part of God's kingdom and adopted into His family. But you know what? Paul is writing this book to a particular group of people. He's writing it to the Ephesians. And did you know their story of how they got saved is in the Bible, in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, if you're a new believer or you're just not as familiar with your Bible, um, in the New Testament, the book of Acts is a historical account of the Acts of the Apostles, and that's why it's called the book of Acts, in the early church, right after Jesus ascended into heaven, when the Holy Spirit came down on them and um, they began sharing the gospel and working miracles and seeing the kingdom of God come into the hearts of people. Well, Paul, um, at this point, we've already talked about his salvation. If you haven't listened to those podcasts, go back and listen um, to our earlier podcasts about Paul getting spiritual sight. And now he's bringing this to Ephesus and he is he is coming into a situation that is so spiritually charged because we have two different people groups here. We have the Jews and we have the Gentiles. And the Jews are very spiritual 
and they know the Bible. They know the Old Testament, what they would call the um, the scriptures. They'd call the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the Tanakh, the collection of scriptures. They were devout. They would go to synagogue all the time, to every day. They would discuss the scriptures. Um, their whole lives revolved around uh, religion and worshiping the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then the Gentiles, the the people from Ephesus who were not Jewish, were also very religious, but they were not following the God of the universe, the creator. They were following the Greek and Roman pagan gods. And um, there was a lot of sorcery, a lot of witchcraft. A lot of these people... Um, that's how they lived. That's how their culture was. They had um, books of spells. They had uh, they had temples where they would go in and they would uh, do different acts with um, with other people <laughs> with temple prostitution. There was actually worship that was temple prostitution there, and um, there was just a lot going on. Um, in that time in the Roman Empire. And so here is Paul, you know, the apostle coming into two very ensconced societies that have their own paradigms and their own social structures and their own views on God and religion. And, and these views are very entrenched in their own lives. They're just woven into their lives the same way our views are woven into our lives. And he goes in and he starts preaching daily in the synagogue. Um, it it's it's pretty pretty crazy. Um, in fact, before he even gets there, right on the road to Ephesus, he meets some men. I believe twelve men, and he starts talking to them, and he starts asking them, and he finds out that they they are God fearing, and they've been baptized by John, and he says and. Acts 19, 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we did not even know there is a, a Holy Spirit. So then he's like, well, you said you were baptized. What were you baptized into? And they were like, John the Baptist. And he's like, oh, John the Baptist, that was a baptism for repentance. He was preparing the way for Jesus. And he uses their um, where they are coming from to share the gospel with them. Because he wasn't like, oh, nope, you're not saved. You're going to hell. Uh, too bad for you guys. You need to do what I'm saying or you're going to hell. He doesn't talk to them that way. He says, man, you're halfway there. You you want God. And this is how God wants to be found through his son, Jesus. And then once you repent and find Jesus and you're baptized into Jesus, then you are going to receive God himself, the Holy Spirit. And maybe this is what Paul was talking about when he penned this part in Ephesians chapter one, where he says, um, and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's not just writing it like, like in general. He remembers he was there when the first people from Ephesus received the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit upon the laying on of Paul's hands. And this is so powerful because throughout scripture, and this is part of your study, and that actually it's in week three, day four. So if you didn't do it yesterday, go back and look up those scriptures on the laying on of hands. In the Old Testament, 
they would lay hands, like when somebody would bring a sacrifice for their sin, the priest would lay hands on the man who was the priest of the family and then transfer the sins of the man to the animal. And then the animal would be sacrificed and take that sin upon itself and die for the family. And the blood of the animal would cover the family's sins so they could go in and worship the Lord and not have that sin between them and God. And also we see here in the New Testament, we see this, the Lord allots for and allows the transference of power upon the laying on of hands. So if Paul had, which Paul had the Holy Spirit, and then he laid his hands on the on these new believers, these new disciples, the Holy Spirit filled them. And it says that they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now there's a difference in Ephesians. It describes being sealed with the Holy Spirit when you're saved. And then it describes being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being sealed with the Holy Spirit, when it describes that, is talking about a one-time act. It's an official act. It's a legal act where God comes inside of you and lives in you. But the being filled with the Holy Spirit that is in the end of Ephesians, when it's talking about it in Ephesians 5, the verb tense is a continual process. And it's different than being sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that filling of the Holy Spirit comes with what we say are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. A manifestation is really just a showing, a revealing, and and our eyes are open so we can see God working. And so they were filled with this boldness to prophesy and, and to speak in tongues. And Paul's like, remember when that happened to you. So when Paul brought the gospel, he did not just come and try to convince people to think a new way. He wasn't like, hey, everybody, change your minds. Think like me. He brought the gospel in power. In fact, he tells the Corinthians, when I came to you, I did not come with wise and persuasive words, but I came in a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Because you know what? There are a lot of people out there with a lot of opinions and a lot of beliefs, and we all get tired of hearing them all, especially if you have social media or if you listen to the news. It can get overwhelming. What people want is the truth, and they want something real. And when you as a believer begin to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are going to understand the role of the power of Jesus Christ and that you're seated with him in heavenly realms and that relationship with God that transforms your life, transforms your relationships, softens your heart, brings his fruit in your life and his love in your life. The world is going to notice there's something different about this person. And hopefully it's the power of God and the fruit of God working in your life. So Paul brings this and he's still sharing the gospel. There are a lot of people that use this phrase um, and and I, I, I totally understand the, the meaning behind this phrase, but is share the gospel daily and if necessary, use words. What that means is that our life should be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and with the kindness of God so that when we're ministering to people and we're we're just around people at work even, that they notice something different and that they can see God in us. But it says, it says in God's word, it says, how will they know? 
Let's see. In Romans 10, 14, and 15, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard with their ears? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Paul is bringing the good news. And we need to not only live Christ, but we need to speak the name of Jesus and tell people about the hope we have in Christ. Otherwise, they're just going to think you're a really great person. They're going to be like, you are so different and amazing. You are like a specimen of amazingness. And I know people that are like that. I know friends that are believers that I just love them because they're amazing to be around because of the work of God in them. And they would tell you it's because of Jesus that they're that way. But we need to not have this assumption that just because we are doing good things and being good, that everybody's just going to like fall on their face before us and say like, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) Like That's kind of like, that only happens a couple times in scripture. And it doesn't even happen to Jesus all the time. It doesn't even happen to the apostle Paul. So it's probably not going to happen to you. And if it does Make sure you tell them about Jesus. Don't say, come to church with me, okay? I mean, sell them. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. So Paul is sharing the gospel, and he's sharing it with the Jews in the synagogue who are very religious. And guess what? He gets persecuted. He gets hated. Some of the people are convinced and they embrace. They don't say like, I'm not a Jew anymore. I'm going to become a Christian because Jesus fulfilled everything that the Jewish Messiah was to fulfill. He fulfilled all the prophecies. So they didn't reject Judaism. They embraced the fulfillment of Judaism in Christ. They embraced their Messiah. Um, and and Messianic Jews are, are just, I've, know, I've known some, just the most blessed people because they have, their eyes are open to what God has given them in Christ. But then he goes, because the synagogue, there's people that are opposed to him. So then he ends up having to go to the Gentiles because they're so obstinate in the synagogue. And when he starts sharing with the Gentiles, all kinds of things start getting stirred up. God, because, let's notice this first. What is happening first? Paul isn't just working miracles and then people are getting saved. He's speaking and going out and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's telling people the name of Jesus. He's telling people how to be saved. And then as a result of that, God is working miracles. And it doesn't just say regular miracles. It says unusual miracles in verse 11. This is Acts 19.11. Now God worked unusual miracles at the hand of Paul extraordinary miracles. It said even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. So here is Paul coming in the power and authority of his position in Christ and the fact that he could pray over an apron or pray over a handkerchief and then people would take that to somebody and evil spirits would leave people and they would be healed. Now notice that it says that in particular, evil spirits would leave people and they would be healed. That's an important point. 
It doesn't say that every time somebody's healed in scripture that an evil spirit left them, but it does happen. So we do see the precedent in scripture. And I personally have my testimony in the book about how I suffered under severe, severe hip pain for several years and sought help from doctors and physical therapy and medicine and exercise and stretching and the torment only got worse and nobody could really figure out what was going on. And one day after listening to a teaching on spiritual warfare, and I know all about spiritual warfare, but I hadn't even considered it. I just prayed for healing. I got anointed. I fasted. I, I, I literally thought like, well, this is just my cross to bear. And the Lord said, pray and rebuke a spirit of torment. So I did. And it left immediately. And my pain left. This was tormenting pain. I could not function. I would come home from work and lay across my bed on my stomach because I was always in pain. I had trouble standing. And it left immediately. And the enemy had harassed me so much that it had put me in this situation. But I believe that it was so that God could get the glory because the Lord delivered me. And here we have an example of that in scripture, or I should say mine was an example of what scripture says. And we see um, the kind of, there's several, I, I don't know if I want to say the climax of this passage, but we see something happen where people, the seven sons of Sceva, and these are not believers, um, that we know of. They're seven sons of the Jewish priest, and we know the synagogue has kicked Paul out. So we're assuming that they're not Christ followers or they're not messianic. And they saw the authority and power that Paul had and they wanted it. So they tried it themselves. They actually tried to cast a demon out of a man and they ended up, it says, the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> you don't have authority in Christ. You're not seated with Christ in heavenly realms far above me. And I have authority over this man. And in fact, I have authority over you. And it says, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And guess what happened? Everybody in the area, as Jews, Greeks, everybody heard about it. And they didn't even have social media. And that would have spread really quickly. That Can you imagine if anybody was bored that day and the news was not doing well? You know, if the news editor was like, well, it's kind of quiet around here. Famous last words. All of a sudden this happens and everybody knows. And guess what? It caused people that were in hiding. There were Christians that were incognito. They were like, well, I'm a Christian, but it's just kind of private and personal. And I don't really think I need to tell anybody because Jesus saved me. And I go and I listen to Paul teach. And yes, he healed me, but I don't really want it out in the open like that. I just don't think that's my style. And um, these people, it said that they came out. They came out of their spiritual closet and they confessed and they told what sin they were living in. So there were people that had been hiding that they were into the occult. And they had, it says they they practiced magic. They brought out their books. They burned them in the sight of all. They counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. In the Greek, 
That word means it's actually a day's wage, 50,000 days wages. These people were willing to give up and destroy and utterly burn because they realized, first of all, that Jesus is real. Second of all, the devil is real because that was demonstrated in this conflict. It wasn't just it wasn't just somebody performing a miracle. It was the actual spiritual conflict on display for the whole entire city of Ephesus, which was a large, popular, famous um, city that was a thousand years old at this point, and it was thriving, and everybody knew about the naked guys running out <laughs> after they had been beaten up by a man that was possessed. So they knew that there were two kingdoms, and they wanted to be on the right side. And I want to address this as we close. There are many believers in Jesus, women especially, that are being deceived in this time. I'm seeing the, this uptick of it by into following the occult, into following the new age. They're getting really pulled into many new age practices that are rooted in pagan religion, in Eastern mysticism, and these things are not without power. They have legitimate power, and it is not from God. It is, uh, it is from the devil. And people have spells, or they'll try to, they they listen to talks on auras and energy fields and all of this stuff that is straight out of Eastern thought. And we need to be very, very careful. I believe one of the avenues this is getting into our culture, especially into our Christian women's circles, is through the health food um, circles. Because really, we all want to be healthy and organic, and we're looking for alternative forms of medicine. And people are going to health food stores, and they're reading blogs, and they're reading books. And many of these books will bring in information that's not just about health. It brings in information that is spiritual, but it's so subtle and it's woven in in a way that many people have a hard time discerning it. We need to be very, very careful about what we involve ourselves in. And um, there are, for example, I would even challenge you to pray about and research, um, research yoga. Uh, yoga comes from Buddhist and Hindu religion, and each yoga pose is actually a pose to worship a Hindu god, kind of like how sign language is. You know, we, sign language, it might just be the way your hand is, and you might say, like, this is just my hand doing this, or this is just my hand doing that. But whenever you do the signs in a special order, it's actually communicating, and the yoga poses, especially the end, the very beginning of a yoga class, the sun salutation is a worship of of these the Hindu gods. And so the whole entire thing is created to align your energy fields. And there's many Christians out there that are like, oh, I think I need my energy aligned. I'm really low on energy. Well, what you may be low on is sleep. Um, and you may also be low on a connection with your actual power source, which is above all other powers and sources, and that is Jesus Christ. And he has authority and power over the enemy. 
there are um this is something to just to pray about and and ask the Lord for insight. There is this belief in yoga that the idea is to awaken the kundalini spirit at the base of your spine and so that will will come up your spine and that is actually from the enemy, this the python spirit. Um and did you I, I'm not sure most believers do not know that Anton LaVey in the Satanic Bible describes yoga as one of the key ways to help people to access demonic powers. And also says that this is one of the ways that we can introduce and get people to come in to, into bondage um, from the devil. So I encourage women out there, there are so many ways to exercise, to calm yourself, to stretch, to run. Um, there are so many different types of exercise out there, and there are so many ways that you can be healthy. But I encourage you, and I know you're probably mad at me, and many of you are like, I'm never going to listen to this again. But I'm going to ask you, why? Why would you, why would you do that? Maybe you should say, Lord... Is this right? I need to research this. I need to look this up. I need to understand this. I need you to hear from me. And if I am being deceived by the enemy, I pray you remove that deception in Jesus' name and open my spiritual eyes so that I am not deceived by the occult. Because the enemy is encroaching on our society to deceive people. And one of the main reasons is that Christians have not walked in their power and authority. They are not walking being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're just arguing with people. They're just posting ridiculous things on Facebook and on social media politically. And they're just coming across like... Um, know-it-all sometimes, but we need to walk in power and we need to walk in surrender to God and we need to come under the authority of Christ and come over the authority in our life of the sin and the death and we need to stop submitting to the fear and we need to stop submitting to the ways of the world and we need to embrace everything Christ has for us. I want everyone who is listening to this, whether you're really angry at me right now or not, or you've got a big question mark over your head, you might be saying, don't we have freedom in Christ? And there's a lot, and you might be even thinking of some scriptures right now, but I want to encourage you, don't just take my word for it. In fact, I am posting on my website some resources specifically about this topic, um, and I'm going to have some resources up there so that you can look into it and see and hear the testimonies of people who came out of that lifestyle of being yoga masters and leaders and everything they have to say about it. So I want to encourage you, sister of, in Christ, that there is power in the name of Jesus and that Jesus is above all things that you might be facing and he's also in you and you are in him and he loves you. He loves you. And if there's something in your life that you have been practicing and God shows you, this is not honoring me, there's other ways to exercise or there's other ways like this health thing you were doing that you thought was health, it's actually kind of 
part of the occult or part of the new age. God will direct your steps. God knows about your health better than anybody. And he can heal your body and teach you how to eat healthily and teach you how to come into wholeness. And so trust him and repent and ask him to forgive you for anything that you have participated in that may be trying to tap into power from other religions or in the new age and even stand in your authority in Christ and rebuke the devil and command him to leave. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone listening to this, Lord, especially those that are confused. I pray, Father, you remove all confusion and spirit of Antichrist in Jesus' name. I pray you bring clarity, Lord God, and pierce the hearts of anyone, Lord, that needs a special word from you and that you will give that to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray they will seek the truth and find it when they seek for it with all their hearts. I pray they will walk in power and authority in the scriptures and power and authority in their walk with you, and they will not be weighed down, Lord God, um, in a powerless life um, with Christ that doesn't, doesn't transform and doesn't do anything for them. Lord, I pray for anyone who may be trapped in something that is of the new age or the occult and you've convicted them. In Jesus' name, I stand against the enemy and I bind the enemy and I pray, Lord, you will remove the enemy from any of the lives of people that are listening. And I pray that you give them freedom in Christ in the name of Jesus and that you help them to walk in their authority in Christ, to repent of sin, Lord God, and to embrace what you have for them. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God, for this. Thank you for um, the power we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your word that cleanses us and saves us. Um, You are the word, Lord Jesus. Thank you for it. And Lord, bless these women. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 